0: I'm going to do something this morning that I've never done here in my 45 years of this radio station. I will become the morning show guest. And Dr. Cindy Adams joins us this morning, and she will fire the questions at me, the morning show guest. And the topic will be my recent angioplasty and stent insertion from two and a half weeks ago. This was Cindy's idea. She heard about it, and she said, hey, I'd like to interview you about it. And I thought about it, and I thought, well, there's two reasons I want to do this. Number one is to send the message out about if you have chest pains, get them checked out, which is how I found out about my problem. And number two, the procedure that I had done went through my wrist, not the groin. And I can tell you this, that I probably talked to 25 people in the last two and a half weeks, and 24 of them had it through the groin. And they did not know that you can get it done through the wrist now. It's a relatively new procedure. It's a little simpler, and I think the recovery time is faster. I was actually in pretty good shape the following day. And a lot of people had interest in that. So I turn the microphone over to my good friend and former morning show guest, Dr. Cindy Adams. Cindy?
1: Good morning, Wayne. How are you feeling?
0: I'm a little lightheaded today for some reason. Now, I'm on blood thinners. I su- I suspect that might have something to do with it, but I, I I'm not going to fall over. But I just feel a little bit dizzy this morning.
1: Well, you let me know quickly if that changes. But um, you know, you've always been a little dizzy in my book, so so we'll be okay on that end of things. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Um. I I hope we don't joke too much because this is a serious topic. But you and I have a history of being fairly funny, even with the serious. So, we'll give it a good shot here today. Um, you mentioned just now that you knew something was wrong because you had some chest pain and you didn't ignore it but I'm assuming you didn't the minute you felt it take action I'd like to know about how you processed the first pains and how long it took you to recognize it was for real
0: well Cindy to be clear it was never pain there was never a sensation of ouch it was more a constriction it was more of a pressure I felt it, it would last for 15 seconds, it would go away, and it would generally happen after some kind of light exertion. I remember one day in particular, January 3rd, Joe and I were at Gainesville, Florida, we parked the car in the parking garage, and we were leisurely walking to the arena, and after a few steps, maybe 15, 30 seconds, I felt this little 5-inch area, upper chest, under my chin, and then it went away. But that had happened on a regular basis for the best part of a month. I don't remember other exact times it happened, although I do remember when I was in California, my family came up and we did we did Alcatraz. And Alcatraz is a rock. You have to walk up about a quarter of a mile fairly steep. I felt it three times that day. And now, in retrospect, I realize I was a ticking time bomb. It could have happened right then, but it didn't. At that point, I already had the stress test, uh, the the, the procedure scheduled. So the point is that I did not have ouch kind of pain, but this was going on for a month. And I want to make it clear one thing, too, that while a lot of people have said, boy, good job of you getting it checked out, well, the reason I got it checked out is because I had a regularly scheduled follow-up appointment anyway. So I waited to that. If that appointment had been in July, I might still be walking around with these chest pains.
1: Or you might not be walking around yeah, at all. might be horizontal. Yeah. yeah, so your message is that if people feel a very strange pain in that area, don't postpone getting it checked out.
0: If I could do it again, I would have had it checked out a lot faster than I did. But I didn't realize at that time what it was. In fact, that location in the upper chest under the chin, that's a few inches removed from the heart. I'm no doctor. I just play one on the radio at times. But I don't think I made the direct connection that could be heart-related. I thought maybe it's lung. It could be something else.
1: Yeah, it's very strange the the way pain will travel or seem to be in the wrong place when it's all related to the heart. I know for women they say sometimes the chest chest pains don't exist, but back pains do. It's not quite the same. Um, but any pain that's in that mid-upper section needs needs to be thought of as important. Now, you know I'm not a medical doctor, I'm a psychologist, so some of what I'm going to ask you has a slightly different slant than you may have been used to with the medical types recently. But I want to know, and this is probably a fear of my own, how long it, would, it took you to really accept the fact that you had to do something. Because I think it's critical to act quickly, and I think most of us are so used to denying when we feel something that scares us?
0: I don't know that I denied it. I was aware something was going on. If I had thought that it was a direct connection to the heart, I think I would have acted sooner. So I waited till the appointment. I saw Dr. Gannon here in Willimantic and when I told him about it, I would say within 10 seconds of me telling what was going on, he said, you just bought yourself a stress test. So we booked the stress test, which I flunked, and that's when the procedure was originally booked.
1: Okay, well I'm glad to hear all that. So do you connect with having been frightened at that point?
0: No, I don't think. I think the only time in this whole ordeal that I was frightened, I remember when they began to wheel me down the hall to the operating room or the cardio, what do they call the room at Hartford Hospital. I began to cry because I realized that's my heart. You know, if something goes wrong, I'm done. That was about the only time that I really had any kind of a sensation of, of fear. But I don't think I had it from the original diagnosis and the original, you got to get a stress test and all that early stage stuff.
1: I think it's great that you were able to operate yourself, you know, mentally and keep going then without letting that get in your way. And um, anyone would be frightened.
0: I think I had confidence in the medical community. This is a pretty common procedure. It is not something that you know, 50% of the people that have it don't come out of it. I know a lot of people that have stents. My mother had a stent. My mother had a mild heart attack. They put a stent in. The cardiologist with me in the room at the time told her, he said, that your heart is strong because of the stent. Your heart is strong. When you die, it will not be your heart that kills you. She lived eight more years. It was not her heart that killed her. He was right. So I have some confidence in what a stent can do because I've got the personal of seeing it with my mom, and I think that I was pretty confident that they would fix me. Great. And at this point in time, I'm fixed.
1: That's great. That's great. Um, but there is a family history connection?
0: Absolutely. My birth father died of a heart attack at 72, and my mother at 80, I guess it was, Yes, it was eighty years old. She had this mild heart attack, and all, everywhere I go, all the medical people I've seen in the last month or thereabouts—that's what they want to know. And obviously, there family is family history. Family history, yeah. and I'm—I'm—you know—I've got it in my genes.
1: And do I remember correctly that your dad had diabetes?
0: He did type one diabetes, and type. mom was type two. Yeah.
1: So how are you doing with controlling that, or don't you have a problem?
0: I don't have a problem with it. I mean, they test me all the time, the old, what is it, A1C? Yeah. And my A1C level is good. So somehow I've been lucky, and I missed that connection to the family tree. Dr. Cindy Adams, our guest this morning. Well, actually, I'm the guest, and Cindy's interviewing me about my uh, recent procedure. Some call it surgery. I call it surgery. They're in your heart. It's surgery, not a procedure
1: one of the things you mentioned right off the bat was that you were feeling a little dizzy today so I've been trying to think about that and again not as a medical doctor because I'm not but as a person who's taken all sorts of medications in her life and and I wonder do you monitor your blood pressure do you Uh, check your with a cuff every morning this big momentometer
0: Ooh, good word see now if I were asking the question Cindy I couldn't have used that word but I know what you mean and boy I sure had a lot of that over the time of the procedure, but no, I don't. I do monitor my heart rate, and we'll get into that later on. My heart rate was really low there for a while because of some beta blockers that I was on, which I'm no longer on. But I don't, but I do monitor my heart rate.
1: Well, the reason I ask is because sometimes when... um medications have been changed blood pressure medications especially or maybe the stent is making the work of the heart easier now and what you had been on isn't as necessary as it might have been prior to the surgery Um, it could be that low blood pressure would make you feel kinda dizzy and I've been through that and the only time you feel good is when you put your head down and you're asleep or you're lying down and then it doesn't bother you but when you're upright there's a reaction
0: now i have had in the doctor's office blood pressure checked oh maybe a week or so ago and it was actually about as low meaning as good as it's been in in several years i am on blood pressure medication have been for years and it's it's under control but it's better now than it was i'm not sure if procedure or medications has something to do with that because i haven't increased that dosage
1: well, I'm just suggesting that when you get all this checked out again, one thing you might find out is that you need a little less of that medication now that your heart is working better. It's it's worth looking at anyway. Um, I often wondered about your crazy schedule. Uh, it seems as though we hear biorhythms and how the body adjusts to certain things, and then there is evidence that people who don't sleep at night or work nights Um, and then try and flip it around for other days of the week to be with people on a regular daytime schedule, that it's stressful for the body. Is that your life?
0: It is my life, but I don't feel stressed because of it. When you work the hours that I work, you've got to be able to take a power nap. And most days, yesterday included, I went home and slept two and a half hours in the afternoon. I was up till 11 or 12 o'clock last night. That's kind of how I work. On a day when I've got a basketball game, I always try to get a power nap in because I want to be sharp for the night game. I don't want to be getting up at 4.30 in the morning and then being either in Hartford or stores. or once we had, twice this year we had games in New Jersey on a weeknight and Bridgeport on a weeknight. Those nights I worked on short sleep. But I've never been one who has been bothered by things like jet lag. I usually get up easily despite short sleep I had that night after the Duke game and I wasn't I was sick for that game too but that night after the Duke game I got home at two o'clock in the morning and I got up at 430 and came here and not only did I get right up but other than the coughing and the stuff I had going on those flu-like symptoms when I probably should have come here in the first place but anyway I, I didn't have any really negative effects I got out of here pretty fast went back home went to sleep but I'm pretty much used to the crazy hours that I work, and I don't feel any detrimental effect.
1: Let me um, rephrase my question. It might be that you are not aware of any detrimental effect, and your brain has adapted very well to taking its naps here and there. But I wonder if you are feeling a detrimental effect in your heart, because the, the whole body is part of this picture, and you may not always get the signals that, that your body is sending you do you follow me
0: I do but I don't know how uh, uh, what do I do about it
1: I don't know you do, too, do I
0: stop working here do I stop doing the Yukon games I take as the best care I can is including those you know power naps before games so even though I'm up late I am still getting you know a fair complement of sleep
1: well as as long as you discuss this with the right people I think you'll get your answer um, I'm sure you would be extremely resistant to changing anything and maybe you don't need to again i'm just raising that as a possible concern people who have strange schedules how disruptive is that to their long-term health not to their emotional and mental happiness day-to-day but to their long-term health
0: i can tell you this that uh, doctor fisher Keller basically told me to stop doing the Yukon games and i think that probably he knows what he's talking about but i think probably uh, he sensed that that causes stress, being in a game. It's a stressful situation. And then given the tenuous nature pre- before the procedure of my heart, he didn't want me in those situations. I felt that not doing the games, being home, watching on TV, I had the radio on, by the way. I had, I had Joe on. To, you know, I'm sitting there watching the game thinking of what I would have said in those same circumstances. But in, in my world, in my narrow-minded, non-medical world, I'm thinking to myself, this is more stressful than actually being at the game and doing the game. I don't feel stressed doing the game. I like being at the games. I mean, to me, it's relaxing and enjoyable. But anyway, I missed five games because of uh, this, and now I'm back and strong.
1: And and what I'm talking about isn't stress uh, as defined by excitement, but more the patterns of uh, regular patterns of sleep and rest and sleep and, you know, awake and having a pattern that's somewhat normal instead of jagged. Uh, in terms of how you're living your life but that's up to you and Dr. Fisher Keller and your other MD's.
0: Well I'm, at this point in time the only way to avoid that is to give some of that stuff up and I don't at this point plan on doing that unless sound I get very, told I have to do it.
1: You sound very unwilling to give anything up. I, I, that, I, I, I will you? say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and not that I'm in a position to even suggest it just just a question. Um, are you athletic? No Do you get any
0: Uh, exercise? Right, I I don't think what you mean is, you know, do I I run fast breaks and get layups, things like that. But no, no, I have a pretty sedentary lifestyle. And one of the things that's been talked about is dietary changes, lifestyle changes. And I was in Dallas on Saturday. I did a mile on the treadmill. I couldn't tell you the last time I've done a mile on a treadmill. And I will start to do more of that kind of stuff because I understand that it's got to be done.
1: So maybe you can buy yourself more games at night if you exercise some in the daytime and your body will, you know, accept that as a good way to relieve the stress and clean things out, you know, to put it simply.
0: And there's also cardiac rehab, which Mm -hmm. uh, they've suggested that I do at Wyndham Hospital. We've done programs on that here. I understand what it is. I just didn't think it was a good idea, even though I'm so close to the actual procedure, two and a half weeks now, that... I really can't commit to that right now with what I got going with basketball, going to Memphis tomorrow and going to East Carolina next week and going to Temple a week after that and so forth. When basketball is over, then I can give full attention to cardiac rehab. But I, it's a three times a week thing and I can't do that right now.
1: So I hear you saying that basketball is more important than your health.
0: Well, I gave up five games already. You want me to give up five more?
1: I don't know. I want you to stay around. I want you to stay around Wayne. It's a tough tough question well it's a tough
0: question but my goal is to do the right thing once the season is over i just i can't do both right now
1: okay okay
0: i know what you're saying you're saying right now what's more important your heart or your games but it's difficult for me to give the games up right now okay i hear you
1: um you're pretty
0: cindy playing hardball this morning well
1: (laughs) I, i figured it's my one chance you know um you're also a pretty big guy don't Tell my husband I said that, but uh, are you, is your weight good? He's, he's listening
0: out in the lobby. You know? Yeah,
1: I know, I know. Yeah. How's your weight?
0: It's it's down 10 pounds from before this procedure, and this whole dietary thing they've talked about, it sounds like it's going to come down even more than that.
1: Were you overweight?
0: Yeah. A lot? No. Okay. Well, I don't know. It depends who you talk to. I'm guessing that probably, you know, the, the doctors listening right now go, yes, yeah, you were. But I never felt like it was out of control. But, you know, at this point in time, they want you to take pounds off so the heart is not working as hard. I think that's a big deal when it comes to people with heart disease that sometimes the heart's having to work too hard because they're carrying too many pounds around.
1: That's right. So exercise and diet will help a lot with that. That's what they
0: say. That sounds good. Repeatedly.
1: That's, that's right. That's right. And now we might listen, huh?
0: I'm down 20 pounds from two years ago.
1: That's great. That's wonderful.
0: It's amazing what happens when you give up ice cream. Ah, that's is, part of it,
1: is that by the it? way. Yeah, yeah. A little fat. I
0: probably had two things of ice, two two dishes of ice cream in the last year. Doesn't mean I don't want one a day, but I just haven't. I uh, I stopped eating ice cream.
1: So you really are taking care of yourself. That's good news.
0: I haven't been going out of my way, but yeah, mm. step in the right steps in the right direction.
1: I hope yeah. I'm not interviewing Charlie Sheehan here, but anyway.
0: Charlie Sheehan?
1: <laughs> well, I mean.
0: The, the, the all actor.
1: the, all yeah. the ex- yeah, the actor, the all actor. the ex- excuses he had for his behavior, but no, uh, and and was hurting himself. But I, I don't, I don't hear that at all. I think you've been, um, you've been through a lot. It's a huge shock. Uh, it's the, the confronting mortality, the knowing that you have to make changes. For me, uh, in my life, it's the seeing the more gray hairs and the, ticking of the clock and you know what we could get away with 10 years ago isn't going so well now. Um, And all those things have to be accounted for. Um, Would you uh, advise people that this is a procedure that uh, is frightening in any way? Except for, you know, as you mentioned, going in and knowing what you're facing, but did it, were you in an awful lot of pain throughout the process of the actual procedure? How'd it go?
0: I had done a lot of prep beforehand, both reading about it and talking to people about it, and I was under the impression that it was a pretty routine procedure. And as it turned out, it was probably even easier, simpler, less painful than I ever would have imagined it. The thing that I did want to make it clear about was the idea that nowadays, with some patients, not all, you can go in through the wrist and not through the groin. And many people have had angioplasty through the groin, which I believe is a longer rehab time. And uh, it's the, I was conscious for the whole procedure. Wow. I actually felt the stent going up my arm. I Now, just to make it clear here, I heard them saying, I was wide awake, and I heard them using the word stent about a minute beforehand. And then I feel this sensation in my arm going up. And I asked the doctor that was doing it, I said, is that the stent? He says, yep. And about the time it got to about the bicep, I didn't feel it anymore, and that was it. And it was probably a 40-minute procedure, and I think I expected it to be more complex than it was. But they wheeled me out. I was totally conscious. The only downside to it was, A, they clamp, I believe they clamped my arm down, and I had a little bone bruise from that, which was sensitive until about three days ago. And then when it's over, they put a clear plastic what amounts to a wristband on and that wristband also has a little air bubble they can inflate or deflate and I believe if I understood correctly the reason for that is they want to apply hard direct pressure on the incision point because you've had blood thinners they want that blood to clot and to heal that right up well that pressure was so great it hurt and they told me that night before the procedure that it may feel like your wrist is broken. Three hours after the procedure, I moved my arm too quickly, I thought my wrist was broken, that's what it felt like. But every couple of hours, they would come in, release some of the air from that, and about three o'clock in the morning, they do like waking you up at odd hours, but at three o'clock in the morning, they took the whole thing off. And it was amazing to me, the following morning, I would say 80% of that pain was gone. So the pain was probably from the pressure that that little air bubble was putting on my wrist, and also from the clamp they used to hold my wrist down during the actual procedure. So that stuff, uh, you know, mostly went away the next day, and I was in pretty good shape the next day.
1: I would like to know what it's like to go through the process itself, you know, how, especially, I think, Most listeners would like to know how quickly you feel like your old self again and when it's kind of behind you because we want to feel optimistic about our chances when we go through something like this. A lot of people that
0: I've talked to, and trust me, I hear from people now who I did not even know had a stent or had angiogram, angioplasty, uh, they say, so uh, did you suddenly feel a burst of energy because now your heart's working better? And I'll say, actually, no. They did. I didn't. I don't feel any additional energy from before the procedure. I maybe feel a little bit better psychologically because now I know that where I had issues with the heart, 85% blocked vessel, by the way, uh, that now the stent is going to theoretically fix that. But... I didn't get that burst of energy that many people said they did.
1: you only had one stent done, mm-hmm. yes, and well um, oh, there was
0: only one it was the it was the left anterior descending the l a d they call it that's the one that was blocked when they went in, they checked and they said all the other vessels are fine
1: well, that's wonderful news because most of the people i've had as friends who've had this procedure have had several done at a time, five, eight um it's pretty. Healthy, I'd think, that you only had one that was in trouble.
0: Well, one of the risk factors they talk to you about, and trust me, when they mess with your heart, (laughs) there's a long list of risk factors. But they say that we think we can go in and a stent will fix it. But they don't know what they're going to find until they get in there. And they said that if that blockage is at a particular place like where, I think they said where there's a, a, a junction or a curve or a turn in the vessel, that's when bypass may be necessary. And you had to basically sign off on the possibility that when they go in there, they might have to break you open and do bypass surgery, whether it's you know triple, bypass, quadruple, whatever the number is. But as it turned out, they were right. They looked, they got what they expected to find when they went up there, and 40 minutes later, I'm in the recovery room.
1: That's that's really a miracle compared to, you know, when our grandparents were around, mm-hmm. uh, they just wouldn't have had that second chance or third chance or how many down the road, it is. So, the morning or the, the period of time you woke up after it was over, did you feel okay except for pain in the, terrible pain in the wrist? I
0: never woke up. I never went to sleep. Oh, that's right. I was that's wide right. awake during the okay. whole thing. I, the only thing they drugged up was my right arm. And that was interesting, too, because they tell you that, that whatever they shot at, well, actually, they used Novocaine. Most of us think Novocaine for dental procedures. But they said that when we put this up there, it's going to feel like your wrist just touched a hot stove. And by golly, he shoots the thing up there, and I thought my wrist just touched a hot stove. And then there was something else they put up there that made it feel cold for a while. And that was just a matter of 15, 30 seconds. You know, that wasn't a big deal at all. And so now, where are they going to do the insertion? It's all pretty much numbed up. And the rest of me is wide awake. And I was able to watch what's going on. There were four TV monitors in the room. Two of them were graphs, like EKGs, and two of them were, I guess, what this thing is showing inside. You know what a curious guy I am. And if I knew what I was looking at, I would have paid more attention to it. But I couldn't really tell what it was. The bottom line is they knew what they were looking at, and that's all that mattered. But I didn't pay much attention to the TV monitors because I didn't know what I was looking at anyway. So I just sort of sat there, and their arm is clamped down. They don't want it moving during that procedure. And when they were done, they unhooked me, and they rolled me in the recovery room. And I was joking with one of the nurses there because they didn't have a room for me for a while, so I had to stay longer. And, uh, yeah, my wrist was sore, but I felt fine.
1: So how how many nights did you spend in the hospital?
0: Two. The original plan was the procedure was going to be on January 27th, the day of blizzard number one. Now... That gets postponed to February 2nd, the day of blizzard number two. That was a Monday, Groundhog Day. Well, the ticker didn't wait until Monday. I had a different kind of chest pain, not the ones I'd had for the prior month or so. This was longer-lasting, different parts of the chest, not just that one five-inch area under the chin. I felt them at 8 o'clock that morning. They would come and go. It was noon. I was about to leave here and go to the hospital. And then it went away. So I went home. Now I go home. I'm sitting on a recliner doing nothing, typing on my laptop, and they came back. The other times it had been after some mild exertion, like walking or whatever. At that point, I said, time to go. So maybe there I get points. Because at that Absolutely. point, I realized this is the time to this do is it. it. This I is drove it. myself to the emergency department of Wyndham Hospital. Cindy's shaking her head because there are people that say you shouldn't do that. But I didn't feel the pain was that intense at that point in time. And again, it wasn't pain, it was more of a pressure, more of a sensation, but it did not hurt. And I go to the ED. And I will tell you this that the, I've done programs with the emergency department of Wyndham Hospital. I haven't had to go there for 35 years. But I know they've gotten great patient reaction there. Well, I give them great reaction too because they were tremendous. I couldn't believe how good they were at the ED at Wyndham Hospital. They rushed me right in. Now, maybe any 66-year-old guy with chest pains, they rush right in. So maybe that wasn't. I hope a so. I hope so. Yeah, but they t- and so they did a bunch of testing and X-rays and blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. And about two hours later, I'm on an ambulance going down Route 6 to Hartford Hospital. At that point, didn't have any chest pains at all. And the, the guy that was uh, on the ambulance, he's based in Manchester. He and I were joking about everything from football to heart surgery. He, that ambulance, by the way, is the one they use at Renster Field for UConn football games. So right away, I'm thinking, I'm saying, oh, you ever take players that are hurt to the hospital? He says, nope, but we take drunk fans to the hospital a lot. So here's Renster opens in 2003. He's never taken a player, but he's taken drunk fans. Sad. Things like that I remember Sad. from yes. the drive to yeah. the hospital. Yeah. So I get to Hartford Hospital. I'm in a gurney in an emergency room for 15 hours before they can find a room for me. And then the following day, Saturday, they get me in a room, and they were going to do my procedure in the afternoon, and it kept getting pushed back and back, and you're wondering, oh, gosh, they're going to put me off till Sunday. And now you've got a blizzard coming on Monday, and that means I'd have to get a ride home because you can't drive yourself home. Can I get a ride during a blizzard? Well, apparently, someone came into the hospital with a more urgent case than mine, like maybe a heart attack, and they put him before me. But finally, at 5.30, I went in there, and I was out of there by 6.30 or so and back to the room. Spent the night, and they said I'd be out by 11. As it turned out, I was out by 3 on Super Bowl Sunday, and I was home and watched the Super Bowl that night minor pain in the wrist. I uh, couldn't do much with my right hand the night of the actual procedure, but the next day, most of the pain was gone.
1: That's, that's a very heartwarming story. It's good to hear good how, how well it went. Yeah.
0: Heartwarming, I like that. And by the way, on our website, if you go to wili.com slash am, and under community on the home page, go to photo of the month. And right now on our photo of the month page is a picture of my right arm in my hospital room after the procedure. You will see the IV in my elbow, and then you will see all this green stuff on my wrist. I look like Shrek. I wrote some emails, maybe to you too. I said, uh, I signed it as Shrek. It turns out all the green stuff is, is disinfectant, but it didn't come off right away. It came off within a couple of days of washing and so forth. The most important thing about that picture, though, is not the IV. That's pretty standard stuff. But it's this clear wristband that you can see around my wrist, and there's a little tube hanging off it. That tube is what they stick the air pressure into and then release the air pressure, so that pressure, I believe... They were putting it right on the incision so it healed up and didn't cause any uh, any bleeding issues there. And that was taken by me. There's your selfie inside the hospital room at Hartford Hospital. And, by the way, the Wyndham Hospital ER was great, and the folks at Hartford Hospital are great, too. So thumbs up to Hartford HealthCare.
1: I'm I'm glad you got all that good medical help. And certainly the outcome looks wonderful. Um, do you have any advice for health professionals in a, in a general theme, something you might have been told or warned about or some way they could have uh, made you more comfortable? No, I
0: think uh, in my case, I think everything they said would happen did happen. Obviously, no complications, but they did set the stage for, yes, there are a possibility for that. I got eight pages of discharge papers, which includes medication and how to take care of the incision thing, and that stuff's all past history now. However, I went for a routine, previously scheduled teeth cleaning yesterday, and when I told the doctor's office, the dentist office, about it, they basically said, whoa, and they called my doctor, and they said, we can't do this now. I had no idea there was any problem with this, and I wasn't told about that. And from what I read on the web, there's two schools of thought. One is it's not a problem, but they wanted to play it safe yesterday, so I didn't get my teeth cleaned yesterday. Apparently if I, from a non-medical standpoint, can explain this, that when you get your teeth cleaned, there is blood in the mouth, there's bacteria in the mouth, and if the bacteria gets in the bloodstream and that bacteria goes to the stent, which hasn't yet fully assimilated in the heart, it could cause issues. So being safe rather than sorry, they said, let's put this off. They did say, though, that if they had known in advance I could have had an antibiotic an hour in advance and could have had the procedure, the teeth cleaning yesterday. Nobody told me that. However, I've read on the web since that time, didn't know to look it up beforehand, that there's two schools of thought. One says it's not an issue, and others say you might have to wait as long as three months. Mine will be two months, I guess it is. Nobody told me that, and I just felt that on discharge that should have been included, or maybe... Maybe the folks at our hospital are on that school of thought that do not think it is an issue. And that's about the only thing, uh, as far as what I wasn't told. But I'll, I'll brush my teeth and floss and get them clean later on. Well, I'm, I'm glad. And maybe take. Oh, what I also heard yesterday, by the way, yeah? is that now for any invasive procedure for the rest of my life, and that includes dental hygienists, probably now I'll have to be on amoxicillin or some kind of antibiotic.
1: For a short period just before.
0: Beforehand, yeah. Colonoscopy, any of that kind of stuff, for that same reason. Didn't have to do it before, mm-hmm. but one of the many lifestyle changes that this has brought on.
1: Well, thank goodness it's just a matter of taking a little pill for a short time, and, and uh, you'll handle that, and I'm sure do terrifically.
0: I think that'll be fine. And, and we began the program by saying that one reason that I wanted to do this show was to, A, let people know that there is a new way to do angioplasty and that's through the wrist which many people who had it through the groin weren't aware of and in a sense they heard how simple it was for me and they actually were a little jealous of it i call it venus envy (laughs) 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 and the other thing was the idea about having chest pain checked out especially as you get older i think that there are people especially what's going on now with all the snow and people shoveling snow and so forth but i don't think while i did get him checked out i could have gone on longer with this and again i was a ticking time bomb and i think there's a message there that this is a pretty serious thing and i might have been lucky i was lucky and i recognize that now and hopefully what i'm saying this morning might save other people's lives
1: well i, I hope so too wayne we are the baby boom group and uh, as as we age um Our sedentary lifestyles and other choices we make along the way are going to have different impacts, especially depending on heredity. But I think you've done a wonderful service by allowing me to interview you this morning, and I thank you very much.
0: Forty-five years of working at WILI, and this is the first time I have been the morning show guest. And, Cindy, you were pretty good. You you know, maybe when I'm off on a basketball trip, you can sit on this side of the studio. I'm
1: not so good with technology. I think I'd push the wrong buttons. You'd never hear the weather or a commercial. You just
0: turn the mic on and turn the mic off. That's all there is to it. Oh, okay. I'll be glad to help. Dr. Cindy Adams, our guest this morning, who was interviewing me as the guest about my recent stent insertion and angioplasty as well.